The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. Please join with me in a word of prayer. Good and gracious God, thank you. For on this day we celebrate that Jesus Christ isn't in the grave, but he is alive, he is risen, and he continues to be among us. So we pray, bless this time as we hear your word, and we focus upon the work that you have given to us, knowing that we are alive in our faith because you are the one who has given us that faith. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Christ is risen. What an awesome God we have who is here with us this day. Our God has brought you here this morning at this time. He knew a long time ago that you would be here. And how awesome a God we have who not only loves us, created us, died for us, rose from the dead, but continues to be here with us. And as I said earlier, he's got work for us to do. It's a lot of work for us to do. And the work that we do, we do with joy, not because we save ourselves. We do this work because our God calls us to do this work. And so one of the things I want you to realize is during this past Lenten season and during this Holy Week, Pastor Dan and I and some other pastors have been preaching about all these different signs that you would see along the road. And so today I want to focus on this one, this one that you saw already that I showed for the the children in the message. And of course, we have now begun this wonderful season that we have in Minnesota, right? It's construction season. Isn't that awesome? You get to see all of those detours, all of those times that you get to wait. You look and see where all the roads construction are, and you try to plan ahead, so it's like, I don't want to go that way. But sometimes you have to go that way, don't you? And sometimes because it is that way you have to go, you look along and you say, okay, how much longer is that going to be like that? Well, here's the sign, of course. (laughs) You look forward to seeing, right? Maybe some of you have already seen some of these signs. They help you to go in the right way. They show you the right direction and how wonderful that is that we can be guided along our journey of life. Now, of course, this is that wonderful life that everybody lives. But one of the things that I want you to think about today is also this spiritual journey that you're on. All of us are on a spiritual journey. All of us have a God who loves us and calls us to faith in the waters of baptism, or maybe you're not there yet. And if you're not there yet, it's okay. I want you to know I'm glad you're here. And I hope and pray that with this message today that you're going to understand why we're glad you're here. Because we want you to know about Jesus and what he did for you and what he did for us because he loves you. He created you and he put you here on this earth for a very good reason and a purpose, and he brought you here today. And if you aren't able to talk to me about this wonderful Jesus, I hope you'll talk to any of these lovely other people who are here today, because they'd love to tell you too about Jesus and how much he loves you, because he died for you. That's an important thing for us to know. He died for you just as much as he died for me. 
And we got a lot of work to do. We got a lot of work to do in this world because you and I and everybody else in this world are not perfect. None of us is. But God brought us here today to hear what Jesus did for you, what Jesus did for me, what Jesus did for every single person who lives on this earth and who has ever lived and who is yet to live. A few days ago, we observed Good Friday. We call it good because it was a good day for us. It was a good day for us because of what happened. Perhaps you've heard about that particular day. The daylight suddenly turned into darkness as Jesus was there hanging on a cross. But then Jesus' work was done. And Jesus said, it is finished. All of the sacrifices that were offered in the past were no longer necessary. He bowed his head and he died. They took him down from the grave. But before they took him down from the grave, the temple curtain, which had been sewn seamlessly, over 12 inches thick, 20-some feet, 30 feet tall, that separated in the temple of God the holy place from the most holy place. What you see behind the curtain was a place that only the high priest could go once a year. And he would take blood of a goat and of, and of a cow, and he would, in fact, throw it on the Ark of the Covenant that was behind that curtain. Because God required blood, a life to be killed, to pay for sin. And they did that every year. But even besides that, people would bring animals to be sacrificed outside that area. God tore that tomb, that God tore that curtain across from top to bottom to show the world that the sacrifices those animal sacrifices and everything else was no longer required to pay for their sins. And that goes ahead to you and me. We don't have to offer up any animals. You didn't bring any animals today. You didn't bring any animals in the past. You don't have to sacrifice and give up that animal that was worth a lot of money to you. Part of your livelihood as a payment for your sins. You don't have to do it anymore. We've never had to do it. And that's because Jesus died on the cross. He did the work so that you could be forgiven, so that you could have peace right now. After Jesus paid the price with his blood, his work was done. His friends came and took his body down and put him into grave so that he might receive a proper burial. Two of his friends, Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus, 
took his body and buried him. And then the heavy stone was placed in front of it. Was the work done? No, it wasn't completely done. Because the next day, the women who followed Jesus thought there was still work to be done. They still wanted to anoint his body and do what was necessary to give him a proper burial. So they went early in the morning that they might be able to do that, carrying spices. And speaking of work, all of a sudden, they thought to themselves, "Uh, who's going to roll the stone away? Now, how big was that stone? That stone, as... According to, the, according to the research that I was able to do, was probably anywhere from four to six feet in diameter, and it was a foot thick. So depending upon the stone that was used, it would probably weigh anywhere from a ton, 2,000 pounds, to two ton, 4,000 pounds. Now, it would have been created and built on an incline so it would be easier to roll it down so two men like Joseph and Nicodemus would have been able to roll it down but it would be a lot harder to roll it uphill so you can imagine them all of a sudden like oops Uh, we don't have any cranes here we don't have any construction equipment what are we going to do And when they got there, they realized somebody else had already been ahead to do the work, but it wasn't just someone else. It was an angel. An angel of the Lord had rolled the rock, the stone away, and the angel sat on top of the stone. And what did the angel say? Christ is risen. He is risen. Good job, Simeon. Everybody else can do that now when I say it again, right? Christ is risen. Simeon, you need to come to all the rest of the services. <laughs> so we're here today to know, but not only did Jesus say, or did the angel say that he has risen, the angel said, now go and tell. Go. I've got work for you to do. God's got work for you to do. Go and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. So come and see and go and tell. And on the way, all of a sudden, of course, these women are going and they're thinking, let's go, let's go, let's go tell the disciples. And all of a sudden, they look and who's there? Jesus. Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive and he says, now go and tell my brothers. Christ is risen. The work wasn't done. They had to go and tell. And then Jesus appeared for 40 days. He appeared to his disciples in many different ways, in many different places. But then you might remember, on the 40th day, Jesus brought his disciples out to a mountaintop. And on that mountaintop, Jesus said these words to his disciples. But you will receive the power of the Holy Spirit. And you will be my witnesses here in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria. And I want you to go to the ends of the earth. I want you to go. You've got work to do. And they went. And their children went. 
and their grandchildren went. And more people heard this good news and they began to tell. And their children and their grandchildren began to tell. And more people became Christians and believed in Jesus. And their children and their grandchildren began to tell. And more people believed in Jesus. And people went to nations and learned the languages that people had, did not even speak. But somehow God blessed them to communicate. So they went and they told. The work continued to go on and on and on. And the work continues, doesn't it? Because you are here. Because someone told you. Someone brought you. Someone shared his love with you. Or someone invited you so that you could hear this message today. Or maybe you just came today off the street. Somehow you were moved and motivated to come. Whether you are here because you have heard and believed in the past or you are here today because God has brought you here, I hope and pray you grow and realize the work continues. You see, Jesus is alive. Death has been defeated. Death can't separate us from God now or forever. Because Jesus defeated the devil and the curse of the law because our sins are forgiven. Because the payment for our sins was made in full. If you have been baptized, when you were baptized, Christ took your sins. The sins that he paid for on the cross and drowned them in that water of baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead, so you too and I have been raised from the dead, and our minds and our hearts are seated in the heavenly places. We are to look to God and look to that time when God will ultimately rescue us for all time and for eternity, and we put our sinful bodies and our minds and our spirits to death. And our spirit goes to be with the Lord forever and ever. And on that day when Christ comes again in glory, he will take us anew and raise us to live with him forever. But until that day, we hear the words of the Apostle Paul from our epistle reading. As he tells us about this wonderful time we have to look forward to when Christ will raise our bodies and unite them with our spirits. But Paul leaves with these words. Therefore, my beloved brothers, and I will say sisters, be steadfast, firm, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. That work, the work is to share his love with other people. By your acts of service, by your ability to speak and share with other people that good news, by your ability to share with others the word of God that tells the truth of what Jesus has done for us and for all people. And why do we do this? Not to save ourselves, 
We've already been saved through faith. It's a gift. But know this. What you do and what I do for the Lord is not vain. It's not empty. It's never perfect. It's not even always easy. Sometimes it's kind of cloudy and foggy. But we do this work because Christ has called us to do this work. And he promises to be with us as we do this work so that he will ultimately be praised and glorified and you and I will continue to rejoice and be glad. For this is the day the Lord has made for us to rejoice and be glad. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Amen.